0: Uh this morning, I want to have more of a conversation than anything else, all right? I want to uh, kind of throw out a couple of ideas and then let us as Christians back them around. How does that sound? And it's interesting because in, in the field of conflict management, right. it is a field. I mean, it's a developed field that's been around a, a while. We have this field works off models. So it's, a, it's kind of a structural field. It's all these models that you use for looking at things and help us to understand things. Does that make sense? And sometimes these models tend to really align with faith. Sometimes these models uh, seem to be perhaps in conflict with some of the things that we believe in faith, right? And what we could do, Matt and I talked bad this round, we could get up here and only talk about the models that align with what believe in Christians. And, but yet, I think that would be doing a disservice to you guys. Uh, and, and I'm not sure that they don't align, but they don't as obviously align. Does that make sense? So, what I thought I would do this morning is present a couple of models one that seems to obviously align with what we believe, and then one that, that may or may not at least have some elements that challenge perhaps how we've looked at things, and then let you guys kind of Talk that back and forth about your understanding of Scripture and how you see that. Is that fair enough? So this only works if you talk to me. If you just look at me, then we'll be out of here by about 10 or 20, okay? Don't promise that. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm not going to start with any Bible, uh, kind of a Bible verse. we will circle back to that. I want to start with a story. How many remember the hale Bop comet? Does anybody old enough remember hale of The name? Yeah. So, Matt, what do you remember about hale Comet? The hale Comet, that was, and I, I forget, I don't think it was the Branch Davidians. I was way up, Heaven's so Gate. It was, it was Heaven's Gate, and they believed that the hale Comet, if, I'm, if I remember, so I hit a spaceship, and that the spaceship was coming to take all the true believers away, provided they committed mass suicide at the right time. That's it. Like that. So they believe hale Comet was coming were relatively close to the... To the world, there's a group called Heaven's Gate, Southern California uh, San Diego area, who believed there was a spaceship behind the comet, and at the right time, if they committed mass suicide, they would enter on the spaceship and take them away to their own planet or something like that, right? So mass suicide took place, which has happened before, right? Jonestown, all these other things. It was fascinating and someone said the other day, it's really tragic what those people did. I don't know. They might have got a planet. You don't know what they did, but anyway, uh, <laughs> that's one of the great things about their their, their methodology. We, we never know whether it worked out. Uh, tongue in cheek, but with the, uh, the with this group, it what was fascinating about it. These were not uneducated people. These were people who held jobs like <coughs> teachers, engineers, and people who were really basically. Uh, productive members of society who bought into this thing, and it got it drew a lot of attention at that period of time. This may have been early nineties, maybe sometime in there. So some of y'all definitely don't remember. Um, drew a lot of attention and some studies and a group out of I've been a little tired this morning. it's out of Stanford, one of the universities started kind of a longitudinal study looking at what kind of leaders would people follow. So what was it taking? somebody could get other people, relatively sane, mass groups of other people to make really rash decisions, right, and th- which led to kind of this whole field of studying leadership. Out of that came some, some conclusions, and I'm doing the, the kind of, uh, and I may have mentioned this before, I'm gonna go a little more in detail, I'm doing kind of the, the uh, dumbed down version of it, but they basically said, hey, This is what we're starting to learn about people now that we would call late Gen Xers and Millennials about what they're looking for in a leader. And the first thing—have we done some of this before? Sounds—I do this so often. Sometimes I go confused about where I did it. The first thing we're looking for in a leader is authenticity. If we're going to follow somebody, they're going to lead us. The first thing—they used the term "real." You guys, help me out. When somebody says, I want an authentic leader, I want somebody, and they need to be real, what do you think they mean by that? Yeah? Not like a televangelist. Okay. So, go <laughs> a little further with that. Because, that, you know, I think of Tammy Faye, Jim Baker, and all that. But when, you, when they mean that, what do you mean by that? I God? think that people are so jaded by, by the scandals that they felt like, that, well, they really aren't authentic. This was the face that they presented, and there wasn't a real connection that they had with people grabbing the purses okay uh, and so authentic would be someone who i the way i would describe it would be who, who lived and breathed like jesus right who walked the talk right what they presented to what they were you know that's one of the the biggies they talked about is if you if you say something you believe it if you do it you live behind that kind of thing what else what else do you think they meant by authentic because they kind of tease some of this research kind of tees into it a little bit They use the word uh, transparent a lot. Now what do you think that, what do you think they mean by that when you say I want a transparent leader, what are you thinking? Honest. What's that? Honest. Honest. Right. And if you make a mistake, what do they want you to do? Admit it. Admit it. And if you admit it, they want it as loudly and clearly as publicly as possible, you know. Definitely believe in big public confession for a mistake. Now, it's funny when they turned that research around and asked them if they were as willing to do that. Didn't seem to be as hot on that one as they were their leaders, but hey, that's okay. So a transparent, so the first thing they say they want is this kind of real, transparent, honest, authentic leader. They said, once I know that about somebody, then I want to know, now they're talking about This is, interestingly enough, not a religious organization. This is school business types, right? That's fascinating. This is the second thing that people said they wanted out of somebody who's going to follow is a sense of heart. And what they meant by that is, do you care about me above and beyond what you can do for me, what I can do for you? Above and beyond production, if you're in a working category, or the value I bring to the relationship. Do you just care for me the way that I am? Even if I'm a failure, even if I don't add value, even if, you know, right? Like I said, in church it's kind of work, of course, remember they're coming out of a business model. It's interesting. They're saying the average person, according to this stuff, sitting out there in the world, whether it's church, whether it's work, whether it's family, this is what they're looking for. Right? Making sense? So do you then they said, then and only then do I care about your values. And your mission. Then and only then, and I'm am I really willing to listen to what you want to tell me about how I ought to be? Now, how does it does that seem to be accurate? Seem not to be accurate? What jumps out at you with this? Should have never told the ten twenty. <laughs> what a what do you? What? What does this seem to? Does that sound right? Yeah, I'll, I'll give you an example. Okay. Uh, got a guy went to college with, went into financial advising right out of college. Mm-hmm. He a job of his own Edward Jones franchise. He had a hard time starting off because here he is, 24, 25, trying to educate people on how to gain financial wealth. Right. And not a ton of experience to back them up. So each of those steps had come to play. Now last 10-15 years, it has grown because some of these things have come into play right. when you started out. And, and he had, so that we have an area called stakeholders we talk about. For people who, have, who are stakeholders, that people look to for leadership, there's a few things that people look for, right? They look for either a combination of age, tenure, and that's different, like how long you've been around, uh, ex- experience and competency. And when you get some combination, those people kind of look at you and say, oh, maybe I'll, maybe I'll talk to you, right? And it kind of falls in this authenticity, sense of heart thing. Can I trust that person? Does it smile look to? Anybody else, kind of, anything else jump out at you? Well, let me try something. I would argue that while the world is trying to figure this out, the church should have figured this out a long time ago, but I'm not sure we always have, right? So let's do the, the secular side. So our son went to Air Force some years ago. And do you remember how recruiting used to be for the Army and Air Force? Anybody uh, remember old enough to remember what recruiting posters or recruiters looked like? What were some of their themes back then? Uncle Sam needs you. Uncle Sam needs you, right? Finger point you that's been around a while, right? Then you had stuff like Army of One, right? All that stuff. Have y'all seen the latest commercials now for the military? Where the young woman's stepping off the bus going home in her uniform and her parents are so happy and they're th- and they talk about, about how that the leadership has become real and authentic. Listen to the commercial and it's all about what that commitment that young lady made did for the respect in the family because it was real and it was authentic. Uh, So different that when our son went in the Air Force, Linda, you remember that DVD we got in the mail from from a boot camp? And there was the very nice looking young woman with a drill sergeant hat on. (laughs) <laughs> and she said, something like it. exactly, but it's like, we are so happy you chose your child to serve the country through the Air Force. And it's, we're, thank you so much as parents. Let us take you on a tour of where they're going to be at camp. They say boot camp. They said camp and they show the, the barracks, they call them dorms, and they, here's the field where they'll be marching, and here's, and we're sitting there going, wow, this looks like church camp, this is great. <laughs> when our son got back, he's like, that lady wasn't there. But anyway, uh, there was nothing, right? But what they figured out is, the, uh, now you're seeing an interesting kind of move now, but, but what they basically said in this thing is, they're understanding that people aren't necessarily drawn to mission, lest they see these other things. Now, where I think... Business has struggled, and I think sometimes churches—we want to start here with people and work our way down. Fair enough, historically. Historically, we right, we're going to get up and we'll tell you what we believe, what is, right, what is right, and we want you to commit to that. And then, if you commit to that, guess what? We're going to we're going to have a we're an exception. Right. If you now, I'm not here in honor, I'm saying historically. Right. So if you if you bought into Church of Christ Baptist Christian whatever, once you understood that, then you're a part of Kingdom. Right. And then you're part. And then if you hang around long enough, you hear long enough, you do business long enough, we might open up to you. It's a fascinating thing now that we're seeing in, in our field that. The world, the secular world's catching up with the idea that we should have known a long time ago as as people who walk with Christ, right? Is if we authentically live our faith, we love people how they are and accept them as they are, they're going to be more likely to do values and mission. And I think it's a challenge as we talk about things. Yes? I don't think it's just the church. I think it's a country we're taught that either the country's greater than the individual, or the school's greater than the individual, or the mission's greater than the individual, and we kind of flip that around, and the individual's more important than the mission. Mm-hmm. So I think just mm-hmm. in general, our society has well, flipped
1: around. And I think that's
0: exactly what you're saying. So this is a societal yeah. research, right? Mm-hmm. And it's aligned with, with that is, I want to know, right, wrong, or different, people are saying, I want to know what I'm going to see coming into this thing, right? And that's so interesting. Uh, If you listen to how Disney used to recruit students, they would start with, you get to be a part of Disney, you get the Disney experience, you get, right? If you listen to them now, they talk about how Disney's going to take care of them, how it'll be a great experience, and they themselves will gain from it. It's this interesting kind of dynamic. Now, I think this one makes, we as Christians, we get this, right? At some level we get this, that people are here and I have to climb this ladder. I don't know that we get it in terms of programming and things like that very often. I think we still program ourselves like this. Much of what we do is about committing who we are and our mission, and we probably don't do some of this. Yeah? I think just generally as humans, you know, whether it's business or Mm -hmm. personal, um, we are so intent on getting our message across the mission, you know, that we're passionate about, or whatever, um, and we, it takes so much time to get the other person's trust. That-